Thank you so much for filling out that Connect card and for your tithe and offering. It's only because of your generosity that we're able to make the impact that we can. Money fuels the mission, and we appreciate your generosity and the kindness of your heart. You guys are looking good, guys and gals, this whole crowd. Y'all are looking great. Y'all appreciate looking good. Y'all like looking good. Y'all can applaud for yourselves because you look good. Celebrate the fact that you look good. This is a a, a new life. This is a day of new life. And we are seeing it right here in this room. New life in mercy. New life in your threads, right? You're looking good. New life outside. It's going to be 60 degrees today. God is good, isn't he? God is great because he can raise things from the dead. He could take spring that was dead. The nails was in its hand, and he rose it on on the third day, on on this day, I guess, I guess. Uh, Yeah, he rose uh, spring from its wintry grave, and we're grateful for him for a new life. Uh, I want to thank God for new life on the stage. I mean, doesn't it look beautiful? Thank you, God, for those people who decorated uh, all around the church. Thank God for our kids who were up here reading the Easter story. Can we celebrate them? Yeah. They did a wonderful job. And because they told you the Easter story, I don't want to tell you the Easter story anymore. Oh, my goodness. What? This preacher is blasphemous. He's not going to tell us the Easter story on Easter. No, you already heard the Easter story. What I would like to do today is talk from a different perspective. I would like to talk to you today from the perspective of what can we do because Jesus got up from the grave? What does it mean for you and for me that Jesus Christ rose with all power in his hands? I don't want to just retell a story. I want you to be empowered today. That is my goal. You see, when Jesus Christ got up from the grave, what he did was he demonstrated the power that God gifted him with, the power that God the Father gave him on this earth. Romans chapter number 8 verse number 11 tells us, That the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same spirit and power that lives inside of you. Therefore, because you have this power in you, because you have that spirit in you, you have the power to be free. You have the power to be freed from whatever is holding you back. You have the power to be free from whatever is binding you this morning. You have the power to be free from whatever is enslaving you and holding you down and keeping you from being all that God created you to be. You have that same spirit on the inside of you. So let's look at what God has to say about this freedom, this release from bondage uh, uh, from a a different scripture that we usually don't use on Easter. Uh, We're going to go to Galatians chapter number five. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn them on or open them up to Galatians chapter five or follow along with us on the video screens. Galatians chapter five, I'll read from the message version of the scripture reads, Christ 
has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Today's message is simply entitled, Free. Free. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you rest on every heart here today? God, we believe in your power, your ability to transform those things that were dead and make them alive. And so we invite the power of your presence, of your spirit into this place right now. Use my words and translate them to every ear, every heart, every mind, and tell us what we need to hear individually right now. Bring joy and peace and hope and power in this place before we leave here today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Every now and then, you will be faced with an issue that demands you to make a decision. You'll be faced with an issue that might tear you from A to B, east to west, left to right. You'll be faced with an issue that makes you make an important decision. Sometimes you'll be faced with a decision that will show what kind of person you will become. A decision you have to make that will showcase what the rest of your future will look like. There are some decisions in your life that are more important than what you're going to eat for Easter dinner tonight. There are some decisions that you need to make that are more important than where you will decide to go to school for college. There are some decisions in your life that are more important than who you will marry or even if you decide to get married. There is one decision that rests on one question that will tell me where you will go in life. There's one decision that you can make that if you tell me the answer to this question, it will tell me your character. It will tell me about your future. It will tell me about, about where you're going in life. You know what that question is? Are you a dog or a cat person? Dog, cat person? How many cat people we have in the house? All right, all right. It's like 10 of y'all. Oh, good. How many dog people we have in the house? All right, there you go. The dog people are in the house. Or maybe you don't want any of them. You want a hamster. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, let me tell you about, uh, uh, I had a dog when I was growing up. I'm going to tell you about my dog. His name is, was Chip. Oh, Chip was a, a half poodle, half Lhasa Apsa. And so Chip was a, a I love Chip. Chip was, was my heart. I took care of Chip. Chip was my dog that I took care of. Now, I'm sure my mother will have a different story when you got a teenager that's responsible for a dog. Uh, <laughs> so I took care of Chip. I'm going back to my view of the story. And, and, and I remember Chip loved his freedom. Chip loved his freedom because when I let Chip outside, Chip would act crazy. 
I mean, if I took Chip for a walk and I put the leash on Chip's neck, around his neck, he would run so fast that he's choking himself to death pulling on the leash. I'm like, slow down, brother. I can't run that fast. But when we would get to an open field, that's when I would let Chip loose. I would unhook the, 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 the uh, leash, and I would let Chip run wild. And Chip would just run. Chip would just run. Chip didn't believe in walking. And Chip enjoyed his freedom so much that sometimes he would do some things that he wasn't supposed to do. He knew he wasn't supposed to do. Have you ever had a dog look back at you before they did something they wasn't supposed to do? I was like, you know what you're doing. And this dog knew that I loved him so much that he would run, 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 and he would look back before he went and jumped in the creek, rolling around in the mud. Just, oh, you know how they do. I'm like, Chip, what are you doing? Don't do it. But it was too late. Now I got to clean Chip up. I have to uh, take care of Chip because he, he knew that I loved him. He took advantage of his freedom and my grace. Maybe that's why some of us are caged pet people. The brother in the back raised his hand when he talked about hamsters, <laughs> guinea pigs, lizards, birds, animals you don't have to take for a walk. But you know, some animals prefer the cage life. Some animals prefer the cage life because there's always food in the cage life. There's always water provided in the cage life. There's always somebody to come visit you in the cage life. They smile at you. They pet you every now and then, depending on what kind of animal you are. There's, there's, there's always free janitorial services in the cage life. <laughs> the cage life. See, the cage life can become comfortable to anyone. So comfortable that when freedom is presented, that animal might say, no thanks. I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm, I'm just resting. You keep feeding me. You keep cleaning my cage. You keep taking care of me. It's comfortable in this cage. I call that cage-bound behavior where an animal will get uh, into a cage, and for various reasons, they refuse to venture out into the unknown. If you open the fence, open the gate, they'll sit back and not explore. Because freedom is much too, there's too much fear in freedom. I'm comfortable right here where I am in bondage. And some of us have a mentality like that. Some of us have what I call that caged pet mentality. That we get too comfortable in our bondage. We get too comfortable in our enslavement. We get too comfortable in our caged lives. But I believe that the Easter message and this text that we are looking at today is actually a word from God for us today because it is a word that will bring freedom into our bondage situation. It is a word that will bring freedom into our caged lives. It is a word that will break us free from whatever is holding us back today. 
In this passage of Scripture, Galatians chapter 5, verse, verse 1, I want to read it again. If you could put it up one more time, it says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let another or let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. In this passage, it's written by the Apostle Paul. What he's trying to do here is to uh, 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 contradict some false teaching that's happening in the church of Galatia. What's happening is there's a group of people called the Judaizers who are going into the church and teaching their perspective of doctrine. In that perspective of doctrine, they, they believe, well, first of all, the Judaizers are Jews who also accepted Jesus Christ. That's wonderful. We love that. Anybody can accept Jesus Christ. He is here for everybody, no matter your religious background, no matter your ethnicity, no matter where you come from, no matter your criminal record, no matter where you are from or who you are, Jesus Christ is here for you. So these Judaizers receive Jesus Christ, but what they're doing is going into the churches and teaching that if you do not follow the Mosaic law, if you do not follow all of the Old Testament, if you don't uh, conform to the, the religious ceremonies and practices, you're not in right relationship with God. And don't we find that in many of our churches? Uh, you haven't dressed like this. Uh, you haven't fully gotten your life together. You, you keep uh, uh, going to this place or doing this or living with that person. You can't come in this church. You can't be a part of our Jesus. Jesus came for every human being. God so loved the world, not the perfect people, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. No stipulations, no questions asked. No hoops to jump through. So the Apostle Paul writes this letter, six chapters he writes, to tell one point, Jesus paid it all. The songwriter says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he's washed me white as snow. Jesus paid for everything, therefore you don't need to add anything to your Jesus in order to be right with God. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter if you've taken two steps forward or four steps back, Jesus loves you. And he wants you to be free from those things that are making you slide back. So Paul in this text wants to Tell us two things, I believe, two things that we want to pull out of this text that I believe Paul is trying to communicate to us on this Easter Sunday morning. The first thing is that slavery is savage. Now, I'm not talking about uh, uh, the modern day use of savage. I I'm not talking about, uh, 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 you know, the, the current day slang of savage. I'm not talking about savage love. Did somebody, did somebody break your heart? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not talking about uh, uh, classy, bougie, ratchet. 
sassy, moody. I, I'm not. I, get, get your mind back. Get your mind back. Get, no Meg the Stallion on Easter Sunday. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to get in trouble because my pastoral staff told me not to even <laughs> say that. <laughs> Don't say Meg the Stallion in Easter service. Lord, the pastor is ratchet. The slavery that Paul is referencing here or the, 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 the savagery that Paul is referencing here is that of slavery. It is that in which is evil or uncivilized, that in which steals your freedom. Many of us, we hear that word slavery. We don't re really know uh, uh, the experience of the intensity of the bondage of slavery, real slavery. Some of us don't have the ancestral background to, to, to even hear the stories of how awful slavery and evil slavery actually was. If I had time, I'd tell you some of my grandmother's stories. She was a sharecropper, just a generation outside of slavery. And the stories that I have are brutal. Slavery, especially in these United States, was gruesome, inhumane. Un you talk about uncivilized? That's not what I'm here to talk about. But Paul is. And Paul, watch this, is creating an illustration for us about our lifestyles and comparing it to slavery. What he's saying is that all of us has had an enslaved experience at some point in our lives. All of us have been enslaved by something, have been bound by something, have been held back by something in our lives. All of us have had some experience where we felt like somebody else was in control. That somebody else was calling the shots. Somebody else was pulling the strings. And I don't have the freedom to make my own choices. Uh-oh. Maybe your bondage is the dopamine that you get, the dopamine hit that you get every time you turn on social media to see how many likes you have. Maybe you're bound to uh, uh, wanting to please someone else. Maybe you're bound to making everybody else happy except for yourself. Maybe you're bound by your financial situation. You've dug yourself such a deep hole of debt that you can't seem to find a way out. Maybe you're bound uh, uh, by people's opinions and the gossip folks. Maybe you're stuck in a job that you don't see any way out of because you need that money. Maybe you're bound by a sin that you just seem, can't seem to shake. Or maybe you're bound by so-called friends that throw you under the bus every time they cause some trouble. I had a friend. <laughs> I got more friends now. I mean, but when I was growing up, let me tell you about a friend. I, I got to get it right, right? Y'all be like, oh, he's so lonely. Let me. <laughs> so I had a friend growing up 
We were great friends, lived, uh, I probably shouldn't say that, because right, I identify. All right, me and this guy grew up together. We were really close friends. And um, this friend got involved in, how can I say, um, entrepreneurial practices of pharmaceutical sales. <laughs> so this friend was involved in that stuff. And so I had to take a step back. I, I was feeling God pull me in a different direction. I had to separate myself. I, I had to put a wedge between us. I had to dial it back because that's not the direction I wanted to go. That's not the direction that God wanted for my life. And you know what? I'm glad I did. Because he was eventually arrested on federal drug charges. And folks that used to hang out around his house, they were locked up too. Where would I be today if I had gone back to what God was pulling me out of? Where would I be today if I did not heed the nudge that the Holy Spirit was putting in my soul to step back, to step away, to you separate yourself? You, you, got, you got to take a step back. It doesn't matter what the crowd says. It doesn't matter what your friends are doing. If I tell you to take a step back, listen. The Holy Spirit would do that in your life. God wants to move you forward in your life. God does not want to hold you back. God wants you to advance in your life. God wants you to progress. He wants you to overcome whatever is holding you down and holding you hostage. This passage is saying that going back and holding on to what you have already been freed from is like going back to slavery. Like I had to let go of a friend. That's hard stuff. But it was for my freedom. Who or what in your life is enslaving you? Who or what in your life is keeping you in bondage? Who or what in your life is holding you back from being all that God has called you to be? He's given you the vision. He's given you dreams in your sleep. And you're like, man, God, I would love to do that. But what's in the butt? What's, what's, what's behind you? What is holding you back? What's holding you back? Dr. Martin Luther King has a quote. He said this. He says, freedom is never given voluntarily by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. What move do you need to make to demand your freedom? What decision do you need to make? Who do you need to separate from? What direction do you need to go to secure the freedom that God has for you. Paul has a second thing that he's trying to communicate to us today, and that is this, that freedom is free. Now, it wasn't free for Jesus because he had to pay for it. But he's saying for you, Jesus gives you this gift of freedom for free. It is a gift of grace 
And all you and I have to do is receive it. Jesus isn't asking you to jump through hoops. Jesus isn't asking you for a dime out of your pocket. Jesus just wants a relationship with you. Will you receive his gift of freedom? Look at the verse again. Let's put it up one more time. It says, the first part of the verse says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. That phrase right there, set us free. The, the Greek word or the Greek phrase there uh, is, is directly translated, uh, Christ has done all of the work or done all of the heavy lifting in order to release you. He did all of the work. He is the one working in the background. All you got to do is step into it. He is the one that unlocked your cage. He is standing outside the cage saying, come on out. The question is, do you have the cage pet behavior and you want to stay in your cage or not? God wants us to not be in bondage, but God wants you and me to experience him, not just know about him. God wants us to experience true freedom, not just talking about, oh, one day I'm going to be free. He wants us to experience him now, not just tomorrow. Right now, he wants to do something in your life to break you free from whatever is holding you back. That's the message of Easter. Jesus Christ rose from the grave with all power in his hands to free you and me. Get out of the cage, y'all. Oh, Lord. Jesus Christ came to set us free. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, Jesus says that I came that you might have life and have life to the full. Another version says life and life more abundantly. I want you to know that experiencing freedom in Christ is not just a one-time thing. It's not just coming in, I, I made it to church on Easter Sunday. That's wonderful. That's great. And, and, but uh, I'll get filled up again next Easter Sunday. Jesus is saying, you submit your life to me daily and watch me do the work of making you free from the inside out. Dr. Tony Evans tells this story. Of circus elephants. Have anybody ever been to the circus and seen elephants? All right. Some of us, some of us, some of the younger folks have never seen them because uh, one of the biggest circuses that ever existed called Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Uh, they, uh, uh, seven years ago, they retired all of their elephants. Due to uh, uh, pressures from uh, various animal rights organizations, they decided to retire all elephants. Now, if you're anything like me, you see these big old beasts. I mean, they, are, they could just step on a trainer, right? They could do anything they want. They're so powerful and massive that they could go through the crowd and just throw their weight around. And they, I mean, who's going to stop them? I'm not. I'll back up, homie. This is your world. I'm just living in it. But if you're anything like me, you wonder, how in the world do they get those elephants to obey, to become a show, 
to uh, just do tricks and stand up on one leg and eat some peanuts or whatever on command. I don't know what that's called when they brr, but I'm not an animalologist, obviously. Anyway, so I'm, listening, I'm watching. I'm like, how in the world do they control these animals? And so I had to do a little research. Okay, how are elephants trained for the circus? You know what I found out? They get the elephants as babies. I'm doing my hand like this. And ain't no elephant born that little. Elephant probably born the size of me or bigger. Uh, they get the elephant as a baby. And you know what they do to the elephant as a baby? They chain it up. They chain every arm of the elephant to teach it to submit. Every time that that elephant feels the tug of the chain... They learn quickly to submit. And they reward that elephant with some food so that every time that they feel like they want to exert some power, they feel like they want to use what God created them to be, they feel like they want to stand up and be all that God crafted them to be, the chain keeps pulling and holding them back. And so they become, all they know is slavery. They become comfortable in their bondage. Because they are taught to submit every time they feel that chain, they are taught all the time that you are not here to demonstrate power. You're here to put on a show. You're not here to demonstrate the power that's in you. You're here to perform. And a whole lot of us came to church this Sunday morning dressed in our Easter Sunday best as a performance. Yet there's no power demonstrated in our actual lives. Many of us have come smiling on the outside today with pain and a lack of joy inside of our hearts. Uh, many of us have come uh, pretending to be full of power, yet we are inside internally full of fear. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ rose from the grave to give you the same power that is in him. That he gave you that power, and he's already broken every chain that could ever hold you back. So listen, whenever you feel the tug in your life, whenever you're going through life and you feel that tug of that addiction, coming back, whenever you feel, go through life and you feel the tug of that temptation coming back, whenever you're going through life and you feel that tug, that need to please people, whenever you go through life and you feel that tug to spend some more money that you really don't have, remember, Jesus already broke the chains. And since he broke the chains, it's up to you whether you walk out of your cage or not. Because you are free. You are free indeed. Jesus Christ has already set you free. And I want you to know that whenever you decide to walk out of your cage, 
to break those chains. This church family is here for you. This is your herd. This is your family. This is your church that is here to support you as you develop and grow in your Christian walk with Jesus. You are free. How many of you know that you're free today? How many know you're free today? If you know that you're free, you can tell your friends that you're free. If you know that you're free, you can tell your enemy that I'm free. If you know that you're free, you can tell your oppressor that I'm free. If you know that you're free, you can tell the devil, I'm already free and you can't hold me back anymore. Jesus wants you to experience resurrection freedom. What is resurrection freedom? This is it. Resurrection freedom is that freedom that takes things that you thought were dead and makes them alive. Resurrection freedom is that freedom that takes things that were lost and makes them found. Resurrection freedom is the type of freedom that takes bad things and turns them good again. Takes negative things and makes them positive. Takes things that were impossible and makes them possible again. Resurrection freedom is that type of freedom that turns your life around. And Jesus wants you to experience that, not tomorrow, today, today, right now, in fact. So worship team, would you come on back up? Would you come on back up? And I want to tell you, hey, maybe you came in here today feeling bound in some area of your life. Maybe you came in and you, you feel like, I'm not free. There's something that's holding me back from being all that God has created me to be. There's something that's slowing me down from accelerating as fast as I believe I should be going. There's something that's hindering me from my relationship with God and keeping me from excelling all the ways that I believe God is calling me to do. Will you stand with me? That freedom that we're talking about, it starts with your relationship with Jesus. It's not something that you continue to build on. It's something that is already given to you. But it comes when you accept that free gift of grace given by Jesus. So if everyone could just go along with me for a minute, everybody, if you would close your eyes, bow your head as I pray. Now listen, if you feel these words that I'm saying are applicable to you, just repeat them quietly in your heart. Dear Jesus, I need your freedom. I've tried things my way. And they haven't gone according to plan. Thank you for your patience with me. Because I could have been gone a long time ago. Right now, Jesus, I want to receive you as my Lord. Meaning you have full reign and control 
over the direction of my life, would you come in and save me, change me, direct me? God, I know that I've messed up along the way. Will you forgive me for every shortcoming in my life? Will you have mercy on me for every time I hurt someone else? I invite you to come and transform my life today and forever. It's only in your name I pray. In Jesus' name.